Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Natural Running Network. We are brought to you by Mio, makers of the world's first strapless heart rate monitor sports watches, and MedHab, makers of RPM Squared, an innovative system of gait analysis that slips right into your running shoes. My name is Richard Diaz. I am your host. Are you a runner? Do you love to get out and challenge yourself, running your first marathon, or maybe caught the bug of obstacle racing? Well, sit tight, because this is a show you just don't want to miss. So I am here with my good friend, Isaiah Vidal. He is a Spartan elite pro athlete. Say hello, everybody. What's going on, man? (laughs) Oh, God. You know what you sound like? You sound like you listened to my show I did last week on, um, you know, doing ultra. I try to be very loud and observant for you, Rick. (laughs) They were like, uh, it's all about, you know, training and smoking pot. Smoking pot. Yeah, you didn't listen to it. <laughs> ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> you got. You should have listened to the show. It's, these ultra marathoners have been smoking weed, apparently to uh, to uh, you know get rid of some of the soreness and pain or whatever. So, uh, well, it does it does subsidize pain a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, uh, Isaiah, how's it going, man? I, last time I saw you was at the uh, at the um, um, combine. The combine, yeah, the West Coast Combine. And you were killing it. Yeah. Heck yeah, man! I was giving it a a girl a world whirlwind of hurt, but my buddy uh, Bracken Cracker got in a little bit of trouble before that event, so I kind of took it easy a little bit for him so he could win. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awful kind of you. No, no, it was it, it was a fought battle. It was, it's pretty interesting to do something different, um, considering like that type of format of like. To something that it was, it just felt different considering what Spartan was trying to do with that whole thing. But overall, I, I felt like I was back in my football days, which was pretty cool. Well, I'll tell you what, I think that the concept of doing a combine for this sport is just a great idea. And, uh, yeah. it's got to be, it's got to be cleaned up a little bit. I, I think that, uh, the problem that I see, uh, let me give you the good and the bad. The, the problem that I see is that, if the format is not relatively standardized, as, as you know, you made the commentary of you know back in the football days, those combines are pretty well standardized. I mean, you got a guy that does a forty and he puts his time up; it's pretty much the same same deal across the board, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the forty times there were that accurate at all, though. Like, I mean, it was pretty much just up for grabs on what people could actually really do. I think. What they need, Spartan needs to do next time is do something more formatted where it's like in a stadium, you know, like something more legit to what it would be compared to like an actual NFL combine to, you know, any type of combine in general. I just think Spartan could have done a better job formatting it. Well, it's uh, early. So it could be, yeah, I mean, obviously it's the first time for them to put something up like that and they're just trying to test it out, of course, to see how the athletes feel about it. But overall, I felt like it was pretty cool. Yeah, I gave my two cents to Joe DeSeno about it, and and uh, 
you know, the, 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 here's the thing that I think. The what did good, he say? What did he say about it? Well, let me just say what I told him. The good and the bad is, the good is that it, it becomes a way to measure the capacities and abilities of athletes around the world. And so you have a yardstick that you can count on. So let's say, for example, you're looking at the field and you're trying to determine what you need to work on in order to, to you know, to impose your will on a competitor. And, you know, you look at the stats and, you know, you, you get a pretty good sense of what you should or, or, or what you are doing. And then the other end of it is from a standpoint of earning. I mean, you guys are professional athletes and you're trying to make a living at it. And you know how it works in football is that, you know, these guys show up at the combine, these scouts, and they look at the stats. And if your numbers aren't good, they don't even want to shake your hand, you know. You right. Got, you got to be That's true. And so, you know, if I was looking for an athlete to represent my company, um, my first my first uh, blush is going to be to get a look at the stats. And so let's, right. just, let's just say, for example, uh, in the um, – um, the bucket brigade. Now, right. you know, you're, you're, that was a pretty steep uh, uh, ledge that you guys had to run up with that bucket of gravel. And what happens if uh, the event that they do in another area, the angle of that ledge that they run up is not as severe or it's or much more severe or taller or longer? And then, right. So those numbers aren't going to work, right? Right. It's just all tall. That's all tossed up in the air. You know, you really can't get any accurate measurements through something like that. And you're, you're perfectly right because, um, because I mean, when I went to college to play football as a preferred walk-on, like, they didn't even look at me. Like, they laughed at me whenever I told them I was a defensive lineman and I was 165 pounds. So all the college co- coaches looked at me like, the heck, you know? It's pretty much the same thing what you're saying. It's like, you got to have your stats, otherwise people don't look at you. And for me at that time, I was like, they ain't going to look at me, 165-pound defensive lineman. You know, you're supposed to be wearing like 250. Well, they're going to look at the so numbers. It's kind of the same thing. Right, exactly. It's all about the numbers of how these people actually um, correspond on how what an athlete's like, level of fitness is. And I, I feel like Spartan didn't, you know, they were just trying to see how it would go if they did something like that, you know. So I just felt like, yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be, you know, marked. It's got to be. It's got to be structured. Well, I think. I think it's going to be. Uh, it's going to take some time, and it's going to. You know, it's, they're going to have to think it through a little bit. And uh, but it's a good idea. I mean, the fact that they even thought of doing it was uh, already ahead of the ahead of the game, right? So I, th- I think it was cool. So um, let's talk about some of the races you did. So that weekend, you had two races that weekend, right? Yes, sir. And you know, I had uh, the Temecula. I did both back to back Temecula weekends, and then I did the combine during the week. So I had I did five five events total, which took a toll on my body oh, afterwards. Bet. But it's all great. Yeah, I did. But I mean, I did I did a pretty good job. You know, I was able to uh, you know podium four four out of five events. You know, which is pretty good to start off the year. And uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I just felt great about it. So, um, where do you, you know, you know, you and I, we've, we've got together and, and, you know, you know what I'm all about and what I do. So right. I, I never really had a chance to ask you, but in the scheme of things, where do you think you need to invest your energies in respect to, to uh, improving your performances? 
Oh, I'm definitely working with my coach right now to build up my speed economy. So right now he's teaching me how to hold like a threshold and be able to maintain my heart rate to go back to like a threshold even after obstacles. So like, you know, right now my training's uh, structured to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm peaking for the cruise. So, you know, cause that's the bottom line. Like cruise is my ultimate goal is to win the cruise and to, to be out there and to, to be one of the be competitors to win the event but like overall like my coach Anthony has just been like throwing my ass to the ground with so much like running to speed work to like stuff on the track like these times and this like making sure I got these type of mile repeats to 200 meter repeats to 400 meter repeats I mean and it makes me do like you know like regular football workouts with which is pretty cool at times, but they're not just like these little football workouts. It's like it's all about quality when it comes to my coach um, and how he structured things for me. But overall, like I've just been working nothing but just good speed economy work, and that's that's I am successfully and honestly say right now that it's it's obviously working, and I've gotten to the point where I can maintain a higher pace for a longer period of time now. So good, but good. no struggle is great and I feel great about it uh, of course over time you know I'm, I'm like in the fresh new new of things when it comes to running you know I'm, I barely started running about a year and a, a year ago I would say uh, officially like because back in my old days you know middle school and high school yeah I did cross country track but I really never sought out to be a, a, a good runner you know I was just running for the fun of it you know that's just how it is with high school and middle school sports Right. But now it's like, since I'm doing Spartan racing as a professional, it's like, and it's what puts food in front of me and a roof over my head or just like be able to travel with my friends. Like, I'm down here in Florida right now with my buddy Joey Petrolia, and he's letting, he posted me for a month so I can do my races here. And he's just to get, to get, taking good care of me. And it's freaking cool because it's like, I, Spartan racing has really changed my life to the point where I get to travel the whole country. I get to travel even outside of the country at times, and I'm able to visit people and stay with friends across the, the, the nation here in the United States, and it's pretty exciting because, you know, from one from one place to another, I'm, like, just being totally nomadic, but, I mean, it's fun overall, just, like, so just working towards that goal, you know, of just getting better as an athlete is just a constant day-by-day process for me, so it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I, I got to tell you, and I, I made this comment to my wife just the other day, and you know, I've been in, <coughs> excuse me, I've been involved in endurance sport for thirty years, and uh, I've I've been around a lot of athletes and a lot of really really high caliber athletes in the in the various sports, and I don't think I can recall any sport that I've been involved with where I appreciated the nature. Of the camaraderie and the whole, you know, the 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 mojo that's going on with yeah. with this whole obstacle racing thing. I really really enjoy um, the way people uh, approach this sport. And uh, yeah. you know, and, I, and I'm not trying to cast any dispersions on you know the runners and, that I've I've worked with and things like that, but there's just a different feel. There's a different texture to to the terrain. With the way these these folks interact with one another, and, and as you suggested, you know you've been you've been bouncing around all over the place. Wherever wherever there's a race, you got to be. You've you've got a home. You got somebody that'll you know 
uh, provide you with a place to to camp out while you get your business done. And you know, I don't know that I, I've seen that as as a parent in other sports as I have uh, with this sport. So I, I really yeah. am, I'm enjoying my introduction to the whole uh, obstacle racing thing, and I'm just really having a lot of fun with it. You know, I I did no, some definitely cool. Yeah, I did some work with Hunter the other day, you know, and he's coming along well. I think, you know, he's on the mend, and, and uh, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, out there in the Bahamas. Um, you know, I, I just really, really having fun with it. So um, I'm looking forward to meeting some of the other cats that are going to be on the ship. Um, it's going to be crazy, you know. I mean, it really is going yeah. It's going to be pretty crazy. I mean, I've been on a lot of cruises in my life, but I've never been on a cruise where, uh, first of all, when you get on the boat, you already know a lot of people, right? Right. It's like it's like a, mm-hmm. it's like a class reunion almost, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm looking forward to the most. You know, it's not so much about the race. When the race comes, like, that's when we get down to business. But, you know, after the race, that's when stuff will start to hit the fan, where it's like we're going to enjoy ourselves and just get a little bit rowdy, get crazy, and just have, have fun with it, you know. But before the race, it's all about, you know, get on that ship and just taking care of business beforehand. You know, I don't want to get, don't want to get the body too psyched out before, before the event, but overall it's just like, you know, when it comes down to it, it's a, it's a business. And for me, it's like excitement business type of work for me. is so cool. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's going to be exciting to, to see everybody there. Cause you know, it's not just, you know, my buddy, um, that I'm here in Florida with, it's just a whole group of people within the OCR community or Spartan race in general that are going to be on that ship. And it's just going to be uh, a madhouse of Spartans going out of or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what's really interesting is um, I've invited some guys and some girls to, to uh, show up on the ship. And um, one of the guys that I, that I invited, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how he does. He's never done one of these events before. But he's a three-time All-American, and he, you know, he's a decathlete. You know, so he's been on the U.S. team, uh, made the team three consecutive uh, times around. And in a decathlon, and I don't know if how much you know about it, but it's a it's a bear to end up at the Olympics uh, as a decathlete when you come from the U.S. because we hold the top three slots, uh, first, second, third place in the world stage in decathlon. And so that means that even even if you're on the team, you're not going to go because they're going to there's going to be like the few guys plus an alternate or two, and, and that's it. So they may have yeah. 15 guys deep on the team, and only a few of these guys are actually going to travel to the Olympics. And it's not because they're not good; it's just because that that we have the best. And so, to give you a kind of a recap, these guys are javelin throwers. These guys run the 400. They run uh, the hurdles. I mean, there's 10 events that they do. High jump, uh, uh, pole vault, discus throw. I mean, just there's just a whole mishmash of stuff they got to be really good at. And, no, and I bet they're great overall athletes. And that's what's pretty exciting <laughs> to hear you say that because I know there's going to be, like, different kinds of people on the, on the cruise ships that's going to be great contenders. But who knows, you know, if right now it's like, you just don't know who's going to show up. Right. Well, I, I, like I say, this is kind of a, he's a dark horse. I think he's going to come out of nowhere and surprise some people. 
Uh, and I know he's been working at it because he's plan. You know, he's, since he got invited, he's been working on, uh, you know, getting ready for this. And and he's tough. He's real tough. So it should be interesting. And then I've got uh, uh, a few other people that are coming that are again just kind of off um, off sports, so to speak. You know, coming from the ultra endurance world, Mark Wardians, or excuse me, Mike Wardians coming, and he's a monster. And as you know, um, and you know, I'm just looking at some things that you've said in the past, and uh, you chime in with most of the guys that I've ever spoke with about this. This event, whether it be a 5K or a uh, half marathon, it's a running event. I mean, it's it's 70, right. 70, 80% of this is running. So, so. Right. You know, if a guy can, you know, get it together to get through the obstacles and, and not cheat his way through the burpees, uh, he could be somebody right. to reckon with, right? Right. I mean, no. I mean, that's what's so interesting about our sport, Rich, is that, you know, it's not about the guy that can run a 15-minute 5K. It's about the guy who can run a 15-minute 5K with obstacles. You know, when it boils down to it, it's about the guy who can run a 5-30-minute mile even after obstacles, being able to bounce back and forth that, and during that heart rate of, you know, shooting your heart rate up after an obstacle, being able to maintain a five-minute, 30-second mile after an obstacle is the athlete that's that's phenomenal. And that's what, when it boils down to, you know, a lot of athletes haven't really conquered that except a few, you know, and that's something that I'm working on currently. And I can honestly say, like, one of my strengths right now is I'm able to maintain a higher pace even after something that exerts my body that shocks it and says, yo, dude, you just went through that, but I'm able to maintain. So, like, bouncing back, like, I'll give you an example of a workout that I did the other day while I was going. Um, this treadmill can go up to, like, 15 miles an hour, uh, 15 miles an hour, and I was just on the, bouncing back off and on the treadmill for about, 15 minutes straight, you know, I would do 10 seconds at 15 miles an hour, and then I would jump off and do three burpees, I mean five burpees, and then bounce right back on and not let it affect me, and I was I was able to continue this, this same sequence for 15 minutes straight, so you can only imagine, wow, like, that's pretty tough. The, yeah, right, and I know, I know, I know, right, and that's the point that I'm trying to get at, is that a lot of these athletes don't know how to do that yet there there's a lot of athletes that think that can run you know a 15 minute mile i mean i'm sorry a 15 minute 5k but with obstacles thrown in there you're running probably a 20 minute 5k you know what i'm saying so it's like you're adding that time and a lot of athletes haven't really conquered that and i i it surprises me to this point because in temecula there was some there was this olympic runner there that ran a four something mile you know he ran i don't know quad qualified for the Olympics in, in something. I can't remember what it was, but I just know there were some really good athletes there. I was actually going against this guy uh, last, um, about two weekends ago in Tampa, um, some Air Force dude that runs uh, a local races and wins them all the time, and I beat him um, by the by the neck of his, of his head, you know, because I screwed up on the spear. But it, it just goes to show you, like, wait, 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 wait. You screwed yeah, up on the spear? Yeah, man. I freaking <laughs> I, I had a massive lead on this dude, and I had to pop out thirty burpees with in a sprint course. And usually that's impossible. Um, actually, it's currently known to be impossible. But I've proven I've proven that wrong several times through my through my Spartan career. 
because um, a lot of athletes just give up because they usually get passed in a sprint course if they have to do burpees. But for me, I'm able to, like, tap into that psychological warfare and just tell myself, like, yo, Isaiah, you got to get your ass running, man. Like, there's a lie right behind you. You know, you got to keep going. You know, like, I, uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, I, you know, the chat you and I had while we were at the Combine, uh, while these guys were throwing the spears, yeah. And you shared the move with me. You shared, you shared the secret. Yeah. And I've been sharing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I've dumped that secret all over the place, man. It's just no longer a secret. Yeah. Just uh, that's that's it. That and never going to be in our sport. And his partners are going to make us throw twenty five spears in a row. No, I know, but the combines are going to do it. The combines <laughs> are going to do it, right? So you spilled the beans. Yeah, like I did. I did. You know what? I got a big mouth. I got to tell you, it's it's. it's it, I just do. I I'm, I'll swear to it. But um, All right. so you know, but it was really cool. Uh, what you I learned something about you in that in that moment was because you're like, watch these guys. You know, they throw the spear and they admire their work and they reach for another spear. He goes, when that right. you said when that spear is out of your hand. It's over, man. Reach for the next spear. You can't control what's going to happen next. You miss, you hit, whatever. You got to grab another spear, yeah. right? So no, mo- yeah, gravity takes it. T- gravity takes it. It's, it's not yours anymore unless you have the force like Yoda or something. <laughs> well, but the point is, is that you were absolutely right because they wasted a lot of time by right. um, by you know admiring the work every time they toss that spear, and over the course of twenty five tosses, yeah, it made a made a difference. Uh, and you know, I'll have to go out and just say that you did ace that, right? You got twenty five for twenty five, didn't you? Yeah, I think it was in like fifty one seconds or something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, like you didn't remember, right? <laughs> I don't know. I guess seconds. that's world breaking. I I don't know. I think that's Spartan world rig. I don't know. It, Joe Dio kept telling me about it, and I just like, yeah, dude, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how I did that. I just did it. You know, I just not. I just don't think twice about anything i just do it right well that's and true. Boils down to it but i but see aside from that aside from just doing it i think that there was there was thought i mean you 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 were very calculated about what you were trying to do you had to be because you were able to identify with what would be an, an asset or what would be a problem and and right. so, so you were pretty methodical about your approach so uh, I gave mad respect for the fact that you thought it through. It was good stuff. So thank you, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then now, I what's appreciate gonna, the compliment. Yeah. So now what's going to happen is that you know, I, no, all, all credit to your coach. You know, he's, he, I'm, I'm sure he's doing a great job. But I'm going to have a chance mm-hmm. to get a hold of you on that ship. And, and You're going to get a hold of me. I'm going to get a hold of you on the ship, and we're going to do a little work on you on on some running skills. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. I, I'm I'm coming I'm coming I'm coming in deep, man. I've got some toys. I'm bringing my metabolic card in there. I'm going to throw guys up on the treadmill like you said, uh, you know, some crazy incline. Uh, you know, if we can, I'm going to try to throw some weight on everybody's back and we're going to see who could throw up some big numbers, recover and produce it again. And Heck yeah. Yeah. Like a little miniature 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 VO2 max testing. There. It's going to be like a Rocky movie when he yeah, when, when, when he fought the Russian dude, right? Right. I must destroy after, you. Is this after the race or before? Uh, I don't know. They got it scheduled in there somewhere, and then I'm going to do some other stuff. I've got some really cool stuff. Uh, I'm going to do. Uh, 
I got some equipment from this company called MyZone where I can put a heart rate monitor on everybody. Well, not everybody. I could do like 15 people at a time. And then down on the beach, we're going to do some games where I'm going to monitor their heart rate relative to the work I make you guys do. And then the goal is going to see how much work, you, for example, a burpee contest. I want to see how many burpees you can do in, say, like five minutes without letting your heart rate get over 150 beats per minute. And I'm going to be able to track everybody's heart rate at the same time because it's going to come up on my laptop. I'm going to be able to see everybody's heart rate response. So how many burpees did you say it was going to be? However many you can do in five minutes, provided that your heart rate doesn't go over 150. So I'm going to see on my laptop what's happening. And, for example, if I call you out and say your heart rate's 150, you've got to wait. You know, and then you've got to, you've got to stop until your heart rate comes back down again so you can start again. And and let's see who can get the most done. Under 150 beats per minute. Yep. And so the idea being, it's totally efficiency, right? And right. the sport at large, this is like taking the entire sport and necking it down into one event that, that very clearly identifies who's got the most efficiency. Not so much who's got the most, most grit or power, but... Who can be the most efficient at a task over the course of a five-minute uh, period? Right. You like it? What do you think? What do you think the highest score would be? I have no idea. I have no. I, and I, I know. Predict one number. Uh, uh, well, I know. I know that you you threw a number out at me. That what's the you did like uh, what 124 burpees in five minutes? How many was it? I think I did something like that a long time ago. You I think know. about a year ago. You know. You told me what the number was. It was between 121 and 124 for sure. I can't remember the exact number. Okay, so it was like that. So five, And that was five minutes, right? Right. But that's going hard. I don't know what my heart. Yeah. I would say would probably, I would say probably if we governed you down to 150 beats per minute, you'd be lucky to get 50. Really? Yeah. I'll take you up for that challenge. All right. But you know, and that's, I got that's ten I'm, burpees. That's ten burpees per minute. Right. I mean, under right. 150 beats per minute. That's well. The first ten are reasonably. The first ten are going to be easy. The second ten will be not quite as easy. But every time you go in and, and you know and keep at it, your heart rate's going to start escalating, and it's going right. to you know, and then you're going to have to time out until you get your heart rate back down again. And you're going to have to let sure. your heart, your heart rate's got to come down a little bit. You got to have some room so you can do some more work, right? Right. So no, that's going to be very interesting to see who can be efficient at burping. I got a bunch of heart rate down. I, I got a bunch of um, uh, really cool sunglasses um, that uh, the Rudy Project people gave me to give away as as, as uh, prizes. There you go. They're what awesome. Kind of glasses are they? they're, no, 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 no. They're they're called. Um, XX2i. They're made. They're made by the guys that uh, distribute Rudy Project glasses. They're they're awesome glasses. They're uh, fully polarized. Um, you know, they go out at about. They're a little over hundred bucks a copy. They're nice sunglasses. I, I got a whole. I got a whole bunch of them to give give away. Heck yeah, I'm, I'm ready to sport some new glasses. Then. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of. I mean, you know, I've tossed this around to a bunch of people, and everybody's feeling like they're pretty spunky about this whole burpee contest thing. No. If someone challenges me to a burpee challenge, I'll do it. I, I know mean, you will. That's, that's no, that's no, you can't even question it. I'll do it. So, 
So talk to me. Uh, talk to me about this Michelob beer uh, billboard. How'd you pull that off? So just a buddy of mine in Austin owns a gym called Milo Optical Fitness. His name's Milo Villanueva. I've known him for years. I, I knew him from the start of when he first started his gym there in Austin, and I just re- I've stayed good relationships with him since then. And just one day he called me up and he's like, Isaiah, I finally did it. I'm like, What do you mean, man? Dude, I'm getting my gym to be uh, on this campaign for Michelob Ultra to allow Mick Ultra to do this whole campaign where it's like living the ultra life, like a new New Year's resolution plan for people to live like a better, healthier um, life by drinking Mick Ultra instead of all the other, you know, beers that have over, you know, X amount of calories because Mick Ultra only has like 95 calories. I mean, but for me, it's like, I don't drink beer personally, you know, <laughs> but I I uh I only drink Mick Ultra Cactus Lime and that was one of the main reasons why I did the campaign and I was like, Oh, this thing's really cool. So he basically called me up one day and I was like, Isaiah, I finally did it. I'm like, What are you talking about, man? And I'm like he's like, Dude, you gotta you gotta be in this with me and I'm like, What are, what are you talking about? He's like you're gonna be part of this photo shoot for this Mick Ultra campaign. I'm like, Are you serious right now? And I, I kinda got like really stoked at first and he's like Next, you know, I'm I'm staying at a week at a hotel there in downtown Austin, and I was doing like a whole photo shoot. They took us like they spoiled the shit out of me, you know, just being there and just we got to I got to go like skydive and you know indoor skydiving. I went to like Top Golf and did all this fun stuff and all all for the campaign, you know. And then we had like the serious photo shoot afterwards and stuff like that, which was pretty cool. So, you know, I took part of it because he was my friend and. You know, I just wanted to be part of something that was, like, new. So now i got my face up on billboards in downtown Austin and magazines and, you know, uh, PLS systems and HEBs. Like, HEBs, like, a, you know, Trader Joe's to a Publix to a, right. a Walmart, you know, there in Texas. Um, and even taxi cabs. It's pretty cool. Like, so, like, my name and face, even tables at restaurants. So it's just uh, one of those ways for me i just felt very blessed to be a part of that because that's just going to help me grow my brand as much as you know help him and his gym grow as much you know if they see you know my face you know a lot of people don't know me yet obviously you know this sport hasn't gotten to that point yet but i mean it's headed in that direction for sure oh yeah yeah well, I mean, that was, that I was mean, cool. yeah, yeah i mean it was pretty it's pretty exciting and it, it was uh it was a great blessing for sure and you know i I don't take it for granted at all. I enjoyed it. And now for me, it's like, all right, now I'm moving on to the next project. What do I need to get done, you know? I, I, I want to just... dehorse the guy that does the uh, um, the Dos Equis commercial, the most interesting man in the go. world. That should be me, yeah. don't you think? You know, I could... Sp- I don't know. That guy's got it sold already. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, I can grow a beard. First of all, he's coming... Listen, first of all, He's coming off with his Spanish accent, right? He's trying to get that Ricardo Montalban thing going. He's not Spanish, okay? The guy's Jewish, to be honest. And <laughs> he is. The guy, you know, the the guy that does that that commercial is, is a old Jewish guy. He lives he lives uh and we used to live on a on a little um, boat out in Long Beach Harbor. I mean, but anyway, nothing nothing against him. I'm just saying he's got my job and I want it. Yeah, there you go. There's something to strive for. 
<laughs> actually, I, I actually would prefer to have if they're listening. If they ever hear this, I want Arrogant Bastard, the uh, the uh, uh, Stone Brewery. They need me as a spokesperson because I think that's a great beer. There you go. Just and you can't you can't be just coaching for the rest of your life. You want to, you want to up, upgrade yourself to something better. Right, right, right. Okay, so let's. Um, I've got a fella that I think he belongs to. The, I guess it's West Coast Spartans. I think. The, okay. I, I apologize right now if I if I butchered that, but I, this guy goes by the name of Doc Spartan Marcello. Oh yes, I know him. Do you know, know him? Because we're there cheering me on. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, yeah. um, Lori put it up, and she said, "You know, if you guys got any questions for Isaiah." This is going to be your chance to do it, and uh, so any questions you might have about training, what have you. And so uh, this is what he wanted to know. Uh, and you know, full disclosure, it's going to probably invoke some some uh, uh, products that you're possibly sponsored by. So it's going to be a biased right. opinion. You're entitled. You get to, you get to be biased. It's it's your it's your world. But right. uh, so he wanted to know um, first of all. What's the what's the deal with the training mask? Um, training mask. Yeah. Do you does it? He wants to know what the benefits are aside from the alleged altitude training, which has been proven that it's not direct, but uh, uh, from a standpoint of long term improvement. So he, you know, and I, right. by the way, I did a little research on this, and uh, so I'm going to let you have the floor. But so I'm assuming you do a little training with the training mask. I do. I actually have one right with me right now. <laughs> no, so, so I think what a lot of people get the wrong impression when it comes to the tra uh, training mask. You know, first it came out to be the elevation training mask that it mimics high altitude training. All right, so that's where you need to stop. A lot of people think that they actually get the actual O2 pressure of elevation training. No, training mask mimics altitude training. It only gives you the resemblance of actually like what it feels like to breathe at that type of elevation. It doesn't actually change the O2 pressure. So say like right now I'm in Florida, I'm in a, I'm in a sea level state. Me strapping on the mask and just wearing it all day doesn't put me at the peak that it's at. It only gives me the, the air, it only gives me the, um, the limited oxygen to be able to breathe. So it's actually restricting my, my, my lungs from obviously receiving oxygen. So I think a lot of people have a bad view of the training mask because they're using it the wrong way. Like the best way to use the training mask is to allow it to build your diaphragm. And that's what it's mainly for. Like people just look at it like, all right, I got it on. I'm supposed to be at, you know, this amount of feet today. And no, no, that's not how the mask works. Like the best way to use the training mask is through interval training. Like, for example, you know, doing Tabata works, like, um, say if, uh, I'll throw an example of a workout that I used a mask on um, uh, a couple weeks ago. So I'm doing 400-meter repeats. I run 400 meters in, like, 70 seconds, okay? I Once I'm done with that 70-second sprint, I strap the mask on. So not only have I exerted my body to the point where I'm, I'm literally, like, at VO2 max, like I'm pushing, like, the threshold, I strap on the mask, and I'm having to make my body work even two times harder just to breathe to recover so long, long like short-term effects actually that helps me lot in long term so like doing those type of workouts and using the mask in that in that framework 
benefits me long term. And I've realized that it actually does work for me. I mean, obviously, my body is different than everybody else's. You know, my body is not the same as, as Hunter's or, you know, Matt Novakovich's or our buddy Joey's, you know, or all my friends that are on the OCR community. It's not, everybody's body is different. Everybody's body is going to be um, adapting to certain things in different ways. And for me, I've realized that the mask, when I use it in that way, it benefits me long term. And I've realized that I do improve in my times. I do improve, you know, in my recovery state faster because I'm not having to, because uh, I'm building my diaphragm. And I've realized that's what the training mask does for me. And, of course, yeah, they're one of my sponsors. I'm supposed to support their, their product. Yes, but I don't use a product that I, all my sponsors that I have, I believe in, and they all have stories toward them. Uh, training mask being one of them, there's a lot of research behind it and this and that. But no, if people take it the wrong way through the research that it, that's provided, like you have to really use it in the way that you feel that it benefits you, not in the way that it says it's supposed to. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I think, I mean, I'm sure you've done your your philosophies behind it. You've done your research on on your on your behalf. But overall, as as for me as an athlete, I've benefited from using the mask. You know, because I was living in Colorado all last year, and I didn't have to be using the mask. I was already at high altitude, you know, so I didn't have to be strapping on the mask. I did, I did do that once in a while. Like the best, other best way to use the training mask is to strap that shit on, put it at whatever elevation you want it at, and just sit there on a treadmill and just warm up for like ten minutes. I mean, people think that strapping on the mask and go running for thirty minutes to an hour gets them, and they feel like they're exhausted because you're not getting any work. You actually get more of a benefit just running for 30 minutes without the mask and having it on because you're restricting your airflow. Right. So, so you're, so so if I'm, if I'm reading you right, what you're saying is that you'll, you'll use the mask during the recovery phases of your training. So if you're doing repeats while you're doing the work, you're allowing your body to get the work and allow your body to get the air you need to do the work. And then you're inhibiting the the potential for recovery by putting the mask on post-workout. Right. Okay. Right. So, and uh, obviously, short. Uh, it depends. Like for my body, it takes a while. It takes like a week or two weeks for me to start to notice. Like, oh man, this is really working for me. Like, because if I during a race, that's what happens. Like, in a race, I'm exerting my body to the fullest extent. Like, there's no nothing left behind. I am giving it all I can. And if when I hit an obstacle, that's extra air that I'm having to use. So if I'm able to stay calm even after an obstacle. For example, the training mask, it, it inhibits me from breathing to recover, you know, as much as I can be. So during a race, it's going to be a lot easier for me because I'm going to be breathing the entire time. I don't have the mask on. Right. You know, so, well, so you know, obviously my rest periods are only like a minute. Yeah. So obviously it's like I have the mask on for a minute and then I go again. Okay, so let me give you let me give you my take on it from from my yeah. perspective. And I've not done, I'm just clear, to, clear up front. I've never done any yeah. work with a, with a mask, but from a from a standpoint yeah. of just understanding physiology, and you know I've spent the last twenty years doing clinical assessments of people's respiratory abilities. Um, mm-hmm. So here's what I think: I think that clearly when you're wearing this mask, because of the uh, the the stress on the diaphragm and all the um, respiratory muscles within your rub rib cage you're going to definitely improve your cardiac output. Uh, you're mm-hmm. going to improve your your, uh, your ejection fraction, the ability to push blood into the working body. All that stuff's going to happen because 
your heart and your lungs are going to become stronger for the stress that you're exposing it to. So that's exactly. 50, that's 50% of the equation. Now, the other end of things is how well your body's capable of receiving that oxygen you're delivering to it. And there's this thing right. and there's this thing called the arterial venous O2 difference. And this is not a term that you're going to hear tossed around very often uh, unless you start talking to some exercise physiologist guys. But so let's just say that um, I use the analogy of, uh, and I've used it before, is if I was to dump a glass of water over a dry sponge, the, the water initially is going to roll off of the sponge and it's not going to be absorbed by the sponge. So think of your muscle as that sponge. When you are developing the body at high rates of work all the time or predominantly like that, your oxygen extraction is not going to be nearly as powerful as it would if you did lower intensity exercise. Um, exactly. So there needs to be there needs to be a blend of efforts. So you want to be able to not just push a lot of air into the working muscles, but you want to be able to absorb it and use it so that you're accessing your fat stores. You know the the big exactly. thing the big thing these days everybody's talking about becoming fat adapted. Well, being fat adapted means being able to get a lot of oxygen into the muscle so that you can liberate those fat stores as an energy source and spare the sugar as best you can. So I don't think it's a bad idea. Uh, I could definitely see the way you're approaching it as being interesting, uh, especially since you're allowing yourself to get quality work and then inhibiting your ability to get full recovery in in your respiratory uh, situation. So. You know, I, I, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm very, you know, I, I'm yeah. even as old as I am, I still pay really yeah. close attention and try to keep an open mind around these things because this stuff's yeah. kind of things new. are getting new. Yeah, all, all the time. Things are getting yeah, all the time. And that's yeah. the thing about people is like people are not understanding like they're using the device the device in a whole different way, which is not benefiting you at all. You're just you're inhibiting yourself from actually getting better because you're not breathing more oxygen like you should be. And that's why it's like some, the difference between someone who lives in Colorado to someone who lives at sea level, to be able to get the same mimic of high altitude training at sea level, the training match does that for you, but you just have to use it in the manner that it should be used, not in the manner that you think it should be used. Right. Like, so like I said, like you, you already said it, like you get, a, I can train at sea level to the I can give it my all on a workout. And if, I, if I'm if i wearing the mask the entire time during that entire workout, I did not give it my all. I'm just inhibiting myself from actually getting it, giving my all. So if I can, you know, without the mask on, do something really hard and then inhibit myself from breathing at regular sea level, then that's where I get the benefit from it. Because, you know, if I'm able to be able to even tap in to, be able to, like, restrict myself from, from the air. Because I can't change the O2 pressure. No matter what, at sea level, I can't change the O2 pressure. O2 pressure is different in Colorado as it is at sea level or anywhere that's sea level. Right. So, like, that's where I, I've explained to you, like, how I use it is is the work of, of what the training mass is all about. Right. And a lot of people don't see it that way. So I think, Doc, I hope I hope you answered your, your answer. I hope I answered your question for you, buddy. Uh, keep... Keep using the mask, but do a little bit. I mean, I plan to actually come out with a video to explain to people, like, this is the way you should use it, because I've actually had that question come up to me 
several times, and I'm always having to sit there and explain to them this is the way they should use it. Because right. I see people in the gym all the time. They just I see guys like pumping iron with the mask on. It's like, what are you doing? You're like, there's no benefit. You're actually restricting yourself from from getting an actual better pump because. You know, obviously oxygen needs to be a supply to the working muscle, right? Right. You know, and if you, if you're inhibiting your oxygen to be being to be supplied to your body, you're not really being able to get a good workout in. You're just wasting time. You know, um, a while back, uh, and I'm talking. You realize I've been in this a long time, but a while back I did a thing on uh, there's there's a guy there's a company called Alto Alto I think it is Alto Labs. Uh-huh. And they make this handheld oxygen scrubber. So it's basically uh, it's like a, a metal tube, like a, think of a, like a thermos, but only about twice as long. And yeah, you, you you got you got this hose that goes up into your mouth, and you you got a nose clip on, and it basically every breath you take it subtracts the CO2 and starts minimizing the O2, uh, and you keep this thing on for like I think it's like 60 minutes. You got to have a pulse oximeter on your finger so you can measure the the uh, uh, your oxygen saturation within the the body. And it starts to drop too low. You got to take the thing off for a little while and then put it back on again. But a lot of crazy stuff. And you know I think about this. I think about those things. It's kind of the same. Um, I just think that it, it it the tool has to be understood and it has to be used properly at the end of the day. Right, and a lot of people don't know that. I don't think, you know, actually, Training Mask, I know the guy. He brought on Brian McKenzie, and Brian McKenzie is a well-known guy um, uh, within the CrossFit community. Right. He's the one that backs up CrossFit Endurance and stuff like that. And he actually, like, sat there and did videos for Training Mask to explain, like, how to use the product, how to, how do you use it in this way, in this manner, and how do you get a benefit out of it. And I think just, for when it comes to my for this OCR sport, I think there needs to be an athlete like myself, Hunter, because I know Hunter uses it, and he could say the same same things that I'm saying, you know. But until we get an athlete that actually shows people and explains to people like this is the way you should use it, people are gonna understand it because right now people are obviously not understanding. Okay, so we got one more question for you. Uh, same guy. Yeah. Um, what and I, again? I think we're tiptoeing into a, a sponsor thing, but uh, he wanted to know what no. kind of shoes you like. Shoes. You were in Innovate uh, for, tra- for for training or for racing? Probably for racing. All right. So I would only recommend the All Terrain Spartan Racing just because. I mean, just for just for racing because using the All Terrains will like destroy your feet during training like and that's just my personal opinion are you talking about I the mean, Reebok? I look, yeah the Reebok all-terrain okay you know I'm not a big fan of them just because I feel everything that I step on and I've realized the Innovates the X-Talon 190s have proved have been able to prove to me that that's the shoe I love wearing because that's the shoe that's more comfortable with during racing if if I'm training, I'm, I'm wearing Nikes. You know, train, my training days typically is a Nike Three. You know, 4.0, 5.0, Flyknit. Uh, you know, I just love Nikes. You know, that's my shoe to train in. You know, whether I'll be on trail or um 
or on track or anything in general. Like, I don't use the Reeboks at all. Like, Reeboks destroy the shit out of my feet, and I don't like that. They're not comfortable. They're only, they're only, they're only, I only like them to race in because I only have to deal with them for 45 minutes to an hour and a half, you know? But they're great because of the grip that it provides. Nike Freeze aren't going to supply that for me during a race. So, you know, they should, they say, you know, you should train like you race, right? Right. But for me, it's like the complete opposite. I train like I don't race, but I get more of a benefit in, in the shoes that are comfortable for me during training, aside from shoes that I just feel completely miserable in. Right. You know, but I have to... I, the Reebok has only... Came, I mean, Nike doesn't have a shoe yet that allows me to overcome obstacles and climb ropes and climb walls and right. that to not let me be slipping, you know, off walls and stuff like that. So. Well, there you have it. So um, your your take is you like you like the Reeboks for racing and you, you like the Talons from I love them. Innovate. I love the X-Talons. X-Talons are probably the best um, when it comes to being comfortable. X-Talons are, the, are my go-to, but I only wear Reeboks. You know, just because, I mean, it just depends on the race. Like, I love Innovate for the Supers, for the Beast, um, and the Ultra Beast. You know, it's like, that's my go-to shoe for being comfortable for a longer period of time. The Reebok All-Terrain are good for me when it comes to a shorter course, like a stadium race, or, because I only have to deal with X amount of pain. For, for 30 minutes to, to an hour sure. compared to an hour and a half to two hours, whatever the case may be. I like the ex-talents are my, are my go-to. Okay, cool. So you're going to get a good workout tonight? Is that what's going on? Um, yeah, I'm actually at the gym right now. I'm about to sweat it up a little bit for the race tomorrow, and uh, it's pretty exciting. I'm really uh, looking forward to my first Battle Frog event. Because it's not, it's not my first, it's different. It's like going outside of my normal norm of training or, I mean, racing. Because I'm always so used to Spartan race, but it's going to be cool to see the different dynamic of what Battle Frog is offering now this year. Right. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I'm really excited. Yeah. So I know Hunter's down there, but he's not racing. He's probably going to, he's holding back for the, for the Spartan cruise. Yeah, that's what he says. And, um, which is, you know, his deal. I told him he needs to, you know, be careful what he does with his body because he always likes to push it and he's got little tweaks and injuries here and there and he doesn't like to listen. We're stubborn. Yeah. As athletes are stubborn, they always want to train. Well, I got him in I, I got him in the other day and I said, look, we got to get your running confidence back and, and we went to work on it and uh, he looked pretty good and he came away feeling pretty good. So I, I would, if I had a bet, I'd say that he's he's capable of, of throwing down if he if he wanted to. But I, I think he's uh-huh. try, he's trying to just you know just take a little more insurance and he wants to do really well uh, on this event come uh, the cruise. So well, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Look, man, I look forward yeah. to seeing you on the boat. We're gonna have a lot of fun. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you, Rich. It's always a pleasure to speak to someone with your intelligence when it comes to running skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. My my <laughs> my world's kind of narrow. I'm still reading your book. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet book. you are. It's it's starting to show up, man. People are starting to look at it. But I'll tell you what, it's you know, the book the book 
it really is you got to really look at what it's saying rather than trying to look for an answer from it. I think what a lot of people look at these books and they're trying to find this answer. And what I'm trying to do is give them an education. I'm trying to make them think. All right. And, all right. you know, so um, anyway, I, and I, I, if, if all the things I do, I, I, I wouldn't say that writing is my best uh, trait by any stretch. But I try to put it down, and there's a lot of good information there. And if you read the physiology, if you get to understand what's actually going on and what you should do to manipulate the way your body responds to work, it's all good from that perspective for sure. Yeah, that's very true. Right. I am a big believer in everything that you're saying in there. And it's just uh, it's a, it's a book of knowledge, not a book of answers. <laughs> right. All right, bro. Listen, have a great workout and uh, do a great job tomorrow. I want to hear all about it when I see you. you we're going to be kicking back with your Michelob, uh, uh, whatever, and, and uh, you know maybe I'll have a little scotch or something. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. I, I only do Long Island, honestly. Like I don't do anything else besides Long Island iced tea. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm sure they make those. They'll they'll be available. Yeah. Yeah, not, maybe not the cactus lime, but I won't even drink Michelob Ultra regular. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll stick a we'll stick a straw through your training mask through your for your uh, Long Island iced tea. There you go. Cut back on <laughs> cut back on the O2 uptake while you're drinking to see how it fares. There you go. Inhibiting my inhibiting my oxygen levels so I can get drunk faster. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. You have a great one. All right. All right. This is great. Great talking to you. Great being on your podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure, man. All right. Take care, bud. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.